0: Let's just pray one more time. Father, we're so grateful to you, Lord, that as we gather, Lord, we, this is not a man idea. And this is not because it's a good thing to do. Father, it's not because of even a relationship. But Father, because you, before we ever discovered it, had ordained it, planned it, purposed it. And so, Father, our, com- our confidence this morning... It's not, not in a man, not in a gift, but it's in that you have purposed it. And Father, you know everything you need to know about every person here this morning and about this church at this time in this place. And Father, I pray now that as you have graced my life, Father, that you would allow now the Holy Spirit, release the Holy Spirit to, to speak with every individual that which is most meaningful to them. Father, let your heart be be accurately communicated to this body, to this church, for this weekend. Father, I pray that something very eternal will be the result. Father, I pray something of the fruitfulness of every individual, and therefore the church corporate would have a a shift, Lord, uh, over these three days. For Father, I know this in your heart. And so, Lord, we submit to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we love you. And we ask that you be prophet, teacher, apostle, whatever is necessary to touch the life of this, your church, and bring it into that which you have called it to be. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and for your honor only, my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I, when you go into churches... Um, Normally for the first time, or if you go into churches maybe once every three to four years, or that sort of thing. Mostly God will um, uh, give me prophetic pictures, um, prophetic statements, and very heavily geared towards the prophet's function. Um, and... Um, uh, but at this time, you know, coming, I, I've very seriously got before God, cried out to the Lord, and I, I really felt that this time it's more, whereas the prophet will function, uh, because God loves individuals and God loves people, but it was more that God burdened me as a prophet uh, to what he actually wanted to achieve over a three-day period and so now I want to change hats almost to be more call it what you like, we're not we're Kiwis, we're not held up on, on titles, you know but more the apostolic teacher, in other words sowing into what God now has revealed where he wants us to go. Is that making sense in my Irish? Okay, and and so the, what I really felt was this. This is where we're heading by the time uh, I get on plan Monday. This is what I believe is God's intention, is that in taking each individual's potential from a two out of a ten to a four out of a ten from a three out of a ten to a five out of a ten from a four out of a ten to a six out of ten in other words taking your individual potential to another couple of notches suddenly the corporate potential explodes Uh, and and so Sunday night I'll be preaching on going from bearing fruit to bearing much fruit And, and the whole burden that I have felt uh, and uh, you know I can remember a little of when I was here last year although been in 12 nations since then so kind of you, you it blurs like a heap of butter in the back of your brain but um, I, I know that I was deeply impressed I know that I sensed the power and presence of God and the vision of your house so I, I have nothing but commendation for you um, but I felt that God was nevertheless saying to me that Uh, this season that you're now embarking into was one of each individual lifting the game and in so doing the corporate will explode and possess what God has already said to you over years Um, and so um, I looked over some of the prophetic word that I brought to you last year because it was very heavily prophetic last year and um I was looking through that and Mike and Joy, I might enjoy talking through some of that uh, on Monday with you. Um, But I thought, gee, there was a bundle in there just on its own, let alone whatever you've got internally and from other ministries and everything else, you know. And so now there has to come a time of possessing there's a time for God to sow into, there's a time for God to prophetically declare and there's a time to possess that which he has declared um, and so I just want to take a quick look at Joshua chapter 1 and um, we, we all know the scriptures so well so I'm just gonna kind of pick out statements that will serve the purpose this morning. Are we okay? Yes, Mike. Wonderful. Um, by the way, Mike Um, on your recent trip that you've just got back from uh, and uh, I don't know all the stuff that you were doing or anything like that but I know you come back from a trip um, uh, in Asia and stuff Um, but I keep seeing this uh, uh, picture and the picture is of you discovering something uh, without realizing what you've just discovered Um, it's like you see this kind of rock Um, and you know it's got some potential, it's got some value and so you've discovered that but in actual fact um, when put in the hands of a craftsman uh, the outer layers come off and there's a gem of incredible value in the inside of it and I believe that there's a person that you've seen that you uh, would say, oh yes, you know, really uh, it's registered the person is registered but the incredible potential that lies within them God is going to be speaking to you about that and it's it's going to be out of proportion to what they appear to be right now that's why I'm saying this word because when God begins to speak to you about the potential you can say well this sounds a bit of exaggerated as to what I'm, you know, with their present reality. But God's seeing something far greater than the present reality. Wow. Okay. Um, in fact, that person is going to light fires in all other places eventually. Um, so someone's got to take the risk with them. Someone's got to take, go off the end. Someone's got to be prepared to invest uh, time and, and, uh, and uh, input into them when they don't appear to have that kind of a potential. Okay okay now Joshua chapter 1 and verses 1 and 9 um, we've got a long ways to travel and I realize I've kind of mucked you up uh, by shifting it start from 9 to 11 which means we're not finishing at a normal respectable hour when your stomachs are rumbling um, but we're going on to 1 o'clock um, but in actual fact bear me some grace because 11 o'clock here is 8 o'clock, Australia. Okay. So right now, uh, I'm still. Um, it's, there's a three hour shift here going on. Okay, now, in Joshua chapter 1, um, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and this is what he said Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, rise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them. The land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place, um, but away. Uh, John and Jessica, there's a land that God has given you. It's already done. It's settled. There's a title deed. It's, it's settled. It's a matter of possessing, but... It's there. And there's a well that once bubbled with water. But the winds came and the debris came and it filled that well. And now the well appears like will it ever bear volumes of water again? But I see the Lord touching it. I see it bursting back into life something God said to you in the beginning that the seasons have taken from you is not dead, it's about to live wow. Okay. Um, um, to the land which I'm giving to them verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon i given to you and then in verse 6 it says be strong and of good courage for this people you shall divide as an inheritance land which I swore to their fathers to give them verse 7 only be strong and very courageous and then again in verse 9 have I not even commanded you to be strong and of good courage okay now you'll find that in that passage of scripture that God makes reference to the past the present and the future And I fell real quickening on this for this morning, I thought, gee, this is strange, Lord, but I really felt to emphasize the past, the present, and the future. There is a direct connection between the past, the present, and the future. You see, to the past, God said, my servant Moses is dead. So that was a reference to the past and then towards the present he says be strong and have good courage direct reference to the present okay then for the future every place that your sole or your foot will tread upon I have given to you okay so he makes a reference towards the past the present and the future and so when he's speaking this way God really quickened me and said that everybody in this room right now we all have something in common. We, we, In our success, in our achievement, in our fruitfulness level for the kingdom of God, in what you do for the kingdom right now, we all have one thing in common, and that is we find ourselves on a journey. We find ourselves somewhere between what we were initially capable of and that which is now our ultimate potential. We're on that journey. If I went around here right now, you're all on that journey somewhere between what you were initially capable of yeah. and what you're now, what your ultimate potential really is. And so we want to talk about, just briefly, about the past, the present, and the future because they're connected. Okay. Don't worry. Don't get any horror feelings. I will not kick that over. Okay. The past can be learned from. Here we go. As I say, more teaching hat, but there you go. I really feel God has burdened me to say what I've written down. Okay? Um, the past, let's have a look at it. It can be learned from, but never regained. You cannot have the past back. It is that which is beyond our improvement. You cannot, therefore, and must not live in the past. You must be instructed by your past but never anchored to your past and never intimidated by your past. Did I get that? Do you get that? Instructed by your past but never anchored to your past and never intimidated by your past. Okay Now look, I'll tell you what I'll do I'll actually I'll let you have my notes and stuff on this anyhow um, because I feel it's important. But an unresolved past, I'll tell you what an unresolved past does, people. It absorbs the energies of the present and consequently jeopardizes our pursuit of the future. If you dwell in the past, it'll absorb the energies of the present and consequently jeopardize your pursuit of the future. And so we have to successfully deal with our past. And unless we do, without dealing successfully with our past, our productivity in the present and our pursuing of our future will be both fragile in nature and limited in potential. And so so what we have to see is you have to let it go. There is no other way to do it. Why? Because it's the past. Mm. And, and you can't change it, you can't improve it, you can't wish it was different it's the past and it will break you, intimidate you, restrict you, confine you until you deal with it and cut it off it's the past okay, now what about the present? well, the present is in most past the product of our past, isn't it? the decisions that we've made in the past, etc. Ha- but the wonderful thing about our present is this it has a potential Our present has a potential. And now it's got the potential to deteriorate, but it's also got the potential to improve. Uh, And I want to say this very, very carefully this morning, but the quality and achievement level for the kingdom of God in your leadership role or your staff role, whatever role function you have, the quality and the achievement level of that is now like clay that you hold in your hands. It is moldable by the decisions that you now make. Can I make the statement in the kingdom of God, there is absolutely no room for fatalism or apathy. Well, she'll be right, mate. No, she won't. It'll all turn out. No, it won't. Well, whatever God wants will happen. No, it won't. Well, I guess if i just be faithful and try No, it won't. It's in your hands. The, the, the clay has been placed in your hands. Okay, within the will of God, I'm saying. You're, I want you to really get hold of this because your leadership effectiveness, your function, your staff, whatever it is, your effectiveness, your fruitfulness in the kingdom is not a rudderless ship driven by the wind of circumstance it just isn't to which you then respond every time something happens you respond no that's not the way it is within the will of God and I declare that within the will of God it is a moldable commodity and it waits for something it waits for your passion your commitment your discipline your zeal it's a commodity it's moldable your present function your present leadership It's like clay that you now hold in your hands. And what are you going to do with the clay? It's not God's decision. It's not the devil's decision. They've both made their decision. God made his decision. He wants you to be mega fruitful, standing in the image of his son Jesus Christ and expressing the dominion and authority of the kingdom. He's already made his decision the devil's made his decision, he doesn't want you to have a bar of it so whose decision is it? within the declared will of God for your life, whose decision is it? it's yours okay let's take a look at the future then because the future is what you do with the clay Uh, Proverbs put it this way without a progressive ever unfolding ongoing vision for the future we live carelessly in the present And it's true. It's absolutely true. Without vision and purpose in the future, what happens? Life is condemned to mediocrity in the present. If you don't have a vision and purpose for the future, you'll live in mediocrity now. And I believe this. Any pursuit of excellence needs a noble goal to empower it to inflame it. Without a goal, excellence dies. And when you see determination, focus, drive, they're vital for success in any field of life and in the kingdom. And it's, But what is it? It's our anticipation of the future success and reward that grants us That kind of focus. Determination, zeal, passion, discipline, the stuff that we need. Okay. In other words, without a carrot in front of the donkey, the donkey's not going to pull the plough. Because how many know that we don't all live on cloud nine every day? There are gloomy days, there are challenging days, me the only one, there are days when, okay, the mundane hits, okay, there are days like that, and what is it that powers you through those kind of days, and where you'll dig in and do what's necessary, because Because you have a vision, you have a dream, you have something propelling you forward, okay, it's like I saw this movie, a recent movie come out. I very rarely ever mention movies, and this one, if you do see it, has about four swear words in it, and it's very ugly swear words. But apart from that, I think it's pretty straight. But it, I just saw—I uh, um, won't even bother to mention it—but it's about Olympian. It's a true story about a Scots guy who 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 uh, world cyclist. I think he called it Flying Scotsman or something, uh, and and here's this, here's this um, nobody in the highlands of Scotland in this little town and, and, and his first bike he makes out of scrap pieces including something out of an old washing machine okay I mean and he is so determined nothing is going to stop him Well, he became the world champion he broke, he broke all the records, he, he, he went up against guys with his supersonic bikes uh, and in 1993 and 1995 he was the world champion uh, um, because, and he used to train in the sleet and, and the rain and the Conditions, and he fell and, and also he had a, 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 a mental condition uh, which led to bouts of unreasonable depression and on one occasion he'd even try to hang himself because he lost a race and he had to battle insurmountable odds mentally, emotionally, physically no finances like all the other teams but he had a goal and he got the goal And his whole life changed. Because why? He was a man on a mission. That's what was driving him. You understand what I'm saying? Successful people in every area of life are who? They're those who pursue a dream. They stare at Mount Everest and they will themselves to climb it. They see that family home and they will themselves to purchase it, buy it they see that manager's office and they will themselves to possess it Uh, but always there is a land that demands our possession be strong of good courage the whole Joshua thing is what this is a land to be possessed this is a land to be possessed we have to have a dream now I'm gonna break right into this lovely little flow I'm enjoying and I'm gonna get you to put down your pens and I'm going to get you to close your eyes if you would just for a moment and you can take up your pens in just two minutes time but I I want you to do something I want you to close your eyes, I want you to forget about things for a second and I just want you now to visualize in your mind, I want you to actually see yourself I want you to visualize your present function in this local church or in the ministry what is your function I want you to see yourself doing it. Now some of you may do several things well pick the thing that you think is your primary grace. I want you to see yourself doing that as you now do it. I want you to think about it. And now I want you to dare to think, right now, I want you to visualize what a hundred percent excellence, the ultimate potential of that function, would actually look like. I actually want you to do that. I actually want you to see what the ultimate potential, I mean, everything was unbelievable, and that grace could do for the kingdom of God. What could you be doing if if, if God so anointed that that there was 100% potential come out of that grace? Take a look at what you could be doing. Come on, see it now. If you were the very best in New Zealand at what you actually do, what would that look like? Because you've just seen a dream. You've just seen a goal. You've just seen your Mount Everest. And right now, Father, I pray by the Holy Spirit for a spirit of faith, unreasonable faith, unreasonable confidence in your grace and in your miraculous ability to transform us into your image. I pray by the Holy Spirit an unreasonable Faith will grip the hearts of each one here, Father, and that they will dare to see what you see, feel what you feel right now, concerning their future potential that you have ordained them to possess. Father, I cannot do this with human lips, but by the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that between now and Sunday night, their faith level for that picture will break all shackles and restrictions. In Jesus' name, Father. Amen. We have to have a dream. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15 goes a little bit like this. Not that I've already attained or am I already perfected, but I'm pressing on. If we say I'm pressing, on. I'm pressing on That I may lay hold of that For which Christ Jesus Laid hold of me In other words He had something in mind What did Jesus have in mind When he laid hold of you The very second you came Into the kingdom of God By conversion Jesus who knows every And there is to know about you wrote a blueprint at that given moment when you became part of the kingdom company, the family of God, in that moment you had a blueprint, you had a destiny and Paul was saying whatever it was that Jesus arrested me to do, that's what I am going to lay a hold of, and that's going to possess you Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehend apprehended, but this is one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, that's the past, and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, that's the future. I press toward the goal, that's the present. Friends, you'll never reach the things which are ahead. You'll never possess your destiny. You'll never achieve your ultimate fruitfulness or potential. You simply will not do it without getting hold of the present unless you just do the right thing now unless you make the right decisions now unless you make the right changes now the rest of it is a pipe dream because it goes on verse 15 therefore let us as many as, as are mature or have this kind of attitude keep this attitude for an, and if you do, if you'd ever think otherwise, God will reveal it unto you. Friends, a resolved past, an empowered present, and a possessed future. So let me reverse that order for a moment and we just keep on talking, okay? Reverse the order for a moment, a possessed future. And Paul said, I press toward the goal, the objectives. So, ask yourself the question, what objectives are you in fact pursuing? and how passionately are you pursuing them? Proverbs 29.18 without a progressive vision, okay, people dwell carelessly. Let's not <laughs> fool ourselves. Our humanity our humanity loves mediocrity. Uh, your, uh, our, our humanity is like a gravitational pull you have to make decisions to break that pull it's not automatic and I want to just sew these little statements in there and you write them down because for every plateau that you reach there's another one to reach what I'm talking about right now is applicable to every single one of you why? because it's ongoing never ending when Joshua had conquered all of the land God said to him, now conquer some more. Mm. And when he conquered that and then the kings came against him and he conquered their lands as well, what did God say to him? "It's time to rest? No, he said now there is far much more land yet to be possessed. And so it's ongoing continuous. Do you remember a little chorus, oh, probably nobody in this room other than Mike and Joy would ever remember um, but, it used to go, lift your vision high in a way that you've never done before if I could sum up what I believe God told me to say to you as a church leadership body today, that's it. As individuals as well as a corporate body, because the corporate body is only made up of individuals your corporate vision will never be realized unless you, as individuals, realize your individual destiny because that's all it is, it's just a bunch of individuals the church is just a bunch of individuals that happen to be put together by common bond and God, common passion and by the divine will of God and so, okay, so every single one of you needs to lift your vision higher that's what I felt God say. Lift it higher. I don't care where it is now. Lift it higher. Lift it higher. And friends, you should always, every say the word always. Always. Always be looking. Always be looking. Always be expecting God to speak again. Friends, I know what I'm saying. I'm 60 in a couple of weeks. I want to tell you something. I'm pumping with vision I've never been more alive in all my life okay and, and, and we have made more stretches in the last 18 months than, than we have in the previous 20 years of being an itinerant in 18 months we've gone from Margaret and I being supported by a part time PA to building a team there's four in a full time salary now and we just made the decision before I left to go and find another one. So that'll be five in the full-time salary, um, plus all the volunteers. Um, God's given me a vision of raising up seven major prophetic voices to change nations in the next ten years. Uh, that'll be directly relating to me apostolically. And, and uh, all of stuff. he's given us a vision just in the last few months of reaching all of rural Australia. There's thousands upon thousands of churches in rural Australia that never get to hill song, never receive visiting ministry, and we are so we're going to put everything that God's given us over 40 years in the next two years. We're going to be putting it on the DVD and all that sort of stuff, uh, and uh, manuals and stuff, and we're going to send it out to them free of charge, free of financial obligation to see an army raised up across the nation. and And it's like every step I take in faith, you know, uh, as an itinerant. Um, two years ago, we were believing God for fifty thousand dollars a year to come in to fund what we were doing and now I'm believing for a quarter of a million a year to fund what we're doing and and, and, it ju- and we're still uh, basically, Margaret and I believe in God for it and it's miracles every day of our life uh, last month we, uh, my um, PA came in to see me uh, and said, uh, we, uh, I just thought I'd let you know we have two thousand because I never worry about money uh, this is the least of your concerns. Believe me, money is not the concern. Obedience is. That's right. That's right. The miracles are not your challenge. Obedience is. And you can't obey what you have not heard. So hear and obey is a challenge. My CPA came to me at the beginning of last month, September, and in the first week, and said, Just so i let you know, um, we have $2,000 left in the back, the whole organisation, $2,000, that's it, we're skin. And I have $20,000 to spend in the next three weeks, that's what he said to me. I said, okay, so how much do you think is going to come in? He said, 20000 I said, good lad, that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have just paid all the bills for September, over $20,000 came in in three weeks, why? Because we've got our minds on doing what God Almighty told us to do that money is not the issue is hearing and obeying that is the issue and, and so what I want to try and communicate to you is something along these lines okay lift your vision higher whatever it is as an individual lift the plate lift the function okay um, now I want to say this that the tragedy is that most people settle for that which is way beneath their greater potential. Most churches do. Most organizations do. They settle for mediocrity, or they become intimidated by the lies of hell which tell them that they cannot really possibly be that significant to God and the Kingdom. Friends, the truth of the matter is that most people are intimidated by something. Most people are intimidated by some, to some degree, by something. Most of my life I was intimidated. Up until about four or five years ago, by an issue. I want to say something and nobody that knew me would ever think I was intimidated. They called me a lot of names, but <laughs> intimidated was not one of them. But, but you see, I was. But until you come out of the fog, you don't realize you've been in it. And right now, you have to understand something. You've been intimidated by something. it and deal with it put it under the feet of Jesus take authority and dominion over it and refuse to be bowed by it one more day because it's a lie it's an accusation from the accuser or whatever it is or it's an area in which you feel you have to compensate for as was my case false humility trying to prove I was not arrogant and proud always falling short of what God actually told me to do. Why? Because I didn't want to appear arrogant or proud. And so I couldn't really take that kind of initiative because that kind of initiative could be misunderstood and someone might think I was arrogant and proud. And I didn't realize this until a few years ago. But when that was broken, my whole life, our ministry has had a mega shift in the last two or three years. And we're doing what no other prophetic itinerant has ever done in the history of Australia or New Zealand for that matter. Prophetic itinerants have done one of three things. They've gone to America to build something. They've gone back to pastoring a church to survive. Or they've quit and God asked, uh, no, God told me to be a, a, a trailblazer in this area and we're going to build a team of prophets that will change nations and we're not going to go base ourselves in America and do doing it from here uh, and, and friends, none of that could have been possible three or four years ago mm, but when I broke the power of what had been intimidating me the potential comes off. That's why a resolved past empowers the present, And when your present is empowered by your resolved past, then suddenly you have a possessed future. Are you getting what I'm saying here? So, re-you're being intimidated. Let me say this to you. Analyze it, identify it, and take dominion over it. Don't expect God to zap you with a lightning bolt out of the sky. You take authority. You take the minute. You do it. On oh, tonight and tomorrow, we'll put some teeth to that. When we talk about overcomes born to rule, well, uh, the authority is already there for you, but you've got to exercise it, and you've got to walk. You've got to walk in a manner that allows the authority that God has given you to be expressed and we'll be talking about that Friday night and Saturday alright okay now what we need is what? the spirit of conquest we need the spirit of conquest that is forever looking out for the greater horizon that lies ahead the next step, the next step, the next step always the next step the new territory Mm -hmm. friends never, ever, ever, ever settle for the status quo do not ever settle for what now is mm. to live within the familiar. Hebrews 11:6 says it takes faith to please God. Well, friends, that means you can never live beyond the level of your faith, the level of your expectation. Proverbs 24:14: Your expectation shall not be cut off. Or New King James says: There's a prospect and a hope which shall not be cut off. So what is your expectation? What are you expecting? What are you reaching out for next week, next month, next year? Three years from now? What are you reaching out for spiritually? Maritally? Relationally? Family? Materially? Physically? Ministry-wise? What is it that you're reaching out for? I made myself a goal a few years ago well, it wasn't even that long ago, a couple of years ago, I just realized I I, had my 58th birthday, and I was starting to feel my age a little bit, and uh, I was starting to get a little bit seedy and stuff like that, and just getting a bit weary on it and stuff like that, and then I made myself a goal. I said, the day I reach 60, which is in a couple of weeks' time, I will be the fittest and the strongest and the healthiest, that I've ever been physically in my entire life, including when I was in my 20s. I just decided that's the way it was going to be. Now, do you think that was just going to happen? No, I got a gym set, I got a treadmill, I started eating right, I started pushing myself a bit further and further and further, and considering the fact that the doctors wrote me off as a dead man seven years ago, okay, with coronary artery disease and everything else, and and today, uh, by God's grace, I am. I'm fitter and stronger than I've ever been in my entire life and, and but it didn't happen because it was a good idea it happened because you decide it's going to happen and first of all you decide that it's the will of God hear and obey, it's all about hearing and obey and and first, everything I'm saying is subject to that because I'm not talking about human endeavor I'm not talking about you taking control of your life I'm saying within God's control within God's definition, within God's instruction within God's planned intent do you understand what I'm saying? within His breathed in intention in your spirit and life then there's a realm of your responsibility that has got to kick in and it doesn't depend on anybody else it doesn't depend on the past it doesn't depend on if only but why not no, it depends on the decision that you make right now with the clay that you now hold in your own hand are we alive and well? Yes. ok um, never dream never ever dream for an extension of the status quo dream dreams of faith if you're comfortable in the status quo, you're gonna die in it it's as simple as that don't ever get comfortable I love what John Maxwell says, status quo is Latin for the mess we're in I, I, I like that, I really like that okay, now get what I'm saying and what I'm not saying dissatisfaction with the status quo is not suggesting that you mumble and grumble I'm not saying a negative attitude, I'm saying it's a willingness to be stretched, to go beyond, to take the next horizon, a provoking that refuses to settle to the present restraints. You have a future to possess. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. So, a future to possess, but friends, in order to possess it, you have to have an empowered present. To have a possessed future, you have to have an empowered present presence. What does that mean? That means you have to live now in daily intimacy with the Father's heart. You have to live now as a man and woman of prayer, and intercession. It means that you have to now receive daily the Holy Spirit's supernatural ability and grace in your life. It means adopting an attitude now. Okay. What kind of an attitude? An attitude of hunger. An attitude of anticipation. An attitude of determination or or perseverance of heart. I'm talking about a positive expectant attitude. Friends, not focusing on the smallness of what I can presently see around me but rather on the greatness of the potential. I focus on the potential. It's what drives me. God wants us to be the ultimate optimists. And well, you know what I see in my mind's eye right now? And I've been told by every expert possible. Can't be done. What I see right now There's a team of prophets transforming nations. Not flaky, ooky, spooky guys that that, 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 I see on the telly getting their weird and wonderful little myths to impress people. I'm talking about apostolic prophets that actually bring about mega shift and change in the body of Christ and raise up an army to take nations. I also see thousands of little churches in country uh, rural Victoria that are today between 40 and 110 people or whatever and I see them 200, 300, 400, 500 taking over towns, taking over regions taking over communities because they've stood upon their feet as the army of God and got focused upon their mission now I see that as a reality now and that's what drives me in the present to make sacrifices and to do stuff that otherwise I wouldn't do now I'm forever getting told. David, you have to think of your future. Now it's great that you're fanatical in the ministry, but you've got to do all this other stuff to secure yourself for the future. You've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to look after number one, da 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 I get this in, get information all the time. Now why am I not fussed by that, phased by that? Well, I've got somewhere I'm looking and I realized if I pay the price now will accomplish something fruitful for the kingdom of God um, you know one or two of you may have heard I don't know whether I told you this last time there's such a cool story uh, I know that Michael Joy may have heard it because they've both been in two of our courses but um, you know, it's such a cool little story about the tourists going up into the Swiss Alps or somewhere and he discovered this little town, when I said little town, I mean there was one grocery store and a pub, you know, that sort of thing, Um, and um, he saw this old man sitting on a park bench, no park, but sitting on a bench and he just said, went up to him, I guess he was half sake or whatever, and he just said, can you tell me one thing that this place is renowned for? And the old man just looked at him and says, well, don't rightly know, but of course it is the launching pad for the rest of the entire world and the guy just looked at me and says you can go anywhere you want in the entire globe from that very spot <laughs> <laughs> I loved what he said you can go anywhere in the entire globe from that very spot friends It's your present spot that you're going to inherit your destiny from. It's not a wish for this and a wish for that. It's not, if only I was this way. If only I was that personality. If only I was in that church. If only I was uh, had more finance. If only I had. If only, if only, if only. Friends, if only is a distraction from the adversary of your soul. Forever eradicate from your vocabulary the state if only because it is not existent it doesn't exist the if only isn't there it's a distraction from God's reality the fact of the matter is what God wants you to possess tomorrow the level that God wants you to be functioning in next month and next year is able to be possessed from the spot that you're standing on right now your geography now your personality now your giftedness now who you are now can rise up and if you make the right decisions with the moldable clay that god has given you of your own life you can possess that from this spot and you have to settle that and get rid of if only A resolved past empowers the present. Can you say amen? Amen. We have got to see that where we are now, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally, physically, geographically, where we are now is pregnant with potential. It is the launching spot for the finest of God's intention in your life. Okay. So don't resent and question the now. Embrace it and use it as a launching pad for tomorrow. Whatever you have in your hand now, use it. Use it. Use it. You say, well, I'm only a one out of a ten. Awesome. Fantastic. A year from now, you'll be a three or a four. And then you'll be a five, and then you'll be a six, and then you'll be a seven. Or you'll remain a one out of a ten for the rest of your life because you allow if only to register and continue to register. Forget the if only. Where you are now is the launching pad. For where God's intention wants to take you. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. You see, you have to press through on something. which crippled me for so much of my life and that is that God wants me to succeed God wants you to succeed why? that's not pride that's a desire to better represent Jesus that paid his life out on Calvary God wants what I do to succeed for the kingdom not fail he wants me to be the very best I can possibly be why? because God is not the author of mediocrity that's why everything Jesus did everything God has ever done has been excellent it's an attitude and friends I'm here this morning to tell you whatever your function is in this local church take it to the next level take it to the next level right now be grateful for what God has done, celebrate what God is doing, but get a hold of where God wants to now take you. Good. Hebrews eleven six says that He is a rewarder yeah. of those that diligently yeah. seek Him. Philippians one six says He will finish the good work that He has commenced. It's an attitude whatever you do, never blame circumstance don't blame people, don't blame your environment it's what you do with it when I was here last time did I mention to you the story of my son and his employment in Hume Doors how he went in and worked with the doors on the floor and then going down with respiratory problems and then had to wear a gas mask and everybody told him to quit and he, w- he refused to quit. Um, and one day the managing director, did ten- not no, no. tell that story? No, no. Well, what happened was when we came 15 years ago when we left New Zealand, went over to Melbourne uh, to live in Melbourne, I had these three, uh, of course at that stage, teenage kids and no jobs and my son Stephen has got a conviction about unemployment and state, um, not in any condemnatory way of others, but, but for himself personally that he, uh, he's not going to do that, and so he, he said, God you've got to give me a job uh, that's fine, um, and he said, God you've got to give me a job, and he, all that he'd ever done, I've got three very distinctly different kids my youngest son, anything physical he's into He's gutsy, raw, you know, kind of shooting pigs up a hill, uh, you know, rugby, and uh, now a carpenter and all that sort of stuff. My other son, Stephen, uh, pianist, um, visionary, prophetic, music, worship, sensitivity, you know, the most physical thing he's ever done in his life was play a piano. Yeah, and so. Um, He came across, and the only job he'd ever had was in an office, you see. And, And so he came over, and he's looking for an office job. And he couldn't get an office job. And he said, well, I don't understand this, Lord. I will not be unemployed. So here's a covenant I make with you. And he said, Lord, whatever job is offered me first, I will take it, and I will do it as unto you. And it will be successful. Within a few days, he got offered a job. But you know what it was? It was on Hume Doors, the biggest manufacturer of doors in Australia and it was on the factory floor they wanted a dog's body to shift around doors from one side of the factory to the other to clean up and to, to do stuff you know and and physical, very physical and he said well Lord I made a covenant and I'm keeping my covenant It was the last job on the planet he wanted to do it. so he went in there and he Pour himself into that. After two or three days, he comes down with these terrible respiratory problems, and they and he ended up in the hospital. And they diagnosed it and said, "Well, you're actually allergic to wood dust." <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's working for a on a factory floor making wooden doors, yeah. and he's allergic to wood dust. And so we said, "Remember, how many times have you spoken? Wish you'd get the words back in your mouth." Oh, I said well, well mate I said you, you kill yourself you can't keep going uh, you can't keep doing that job and and, and he said dad that's no, not worthy of you I'm a, I, I, he, he said, yeah he, he said he said I made a covenant and I'm going to succeed in that and he went out and he bought himself one of these gas mask respiratory things, he looked like Darth Vader and every day he went to work in it and every day he did his job and the factory floor manager came up to him and said what makes you tick? I have never seen an attitude to work like this in my entire life he said I'm actually a Christian I prayed, God gave me this job, and I'm going to be the best employee you've ever seen on this factory floor. And, and and he so succeeded, and and one occasion they were going to get out and strike, and he stood up on the thing, and he gave it to them for about 20 minutes, and they cancelled the strike. <laughs> uh, and um, they and then the manager came to see him and gave him a raise, but said, keep it quiet, do will be no right. But then one day, the managing director of Hume Doors came down and went up to him, pulled him aside, he says, I get told by the foreman, I get told by the factory floor manager, I get told about your attitude towards work. Young man, what makes you tick? And so he told him what made him tick. Do you know what he said to him? He said, well, I don't know about this religious rubbish. But he said, you must have had something in mind when you came in that door, what was it? steve never blinked an eyeball he turned around and he pointed up to where the managing director's office was and all the other executives were and he said that's what i had in mind when i walked in the door and he says you've got it you start alongside of me on monday and he went straight up to the top floor and within six months he was purchasing manager for all of Hume Doors, Victoria within six months and he, was, and, and he served there until he went part time pastoring and then he still kept two days there um, and when he took up full time ministry as a pastor uh, of a church do you know what they said to him the, the, the guy the head over everything flew down from Sydney and sat down and said we'll do anything you name your figure we'll do everything you touch springs to life we, we, we name your figure and he says I know you're onto this Christian type thing so he said we'll build you we'll look we'll build you a chapel at the back of the factory you can convert the entire mob ok we will do anything to keep you and you know what such was his report. he said no nah, no nah. such is his report. you listen to this that he still has the same rapport today, and when he he threw when, it, when he did, had his thirtieth birthday, the management of Hume Doors came to his thirtieth birthday in a church. Wow! And he still goes there, and when they have a really crisis, he'll go in there and talk with the general manager and help him put it straight, and walk out again. They're best mates, and and today he's now the last 12 months he's been full time on my team after seven years of pastoring and his the mantle that's on him is incredible. Some of the biggest churches in Australia are opening up to him now and having him for two days, three days as a prophet he is carrying an amazing mantle on his life uh, and, and some guys in the ministry and one of them's got 1500 people under him is now asking Steve not me to mentor him <laughs> uh, 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 and uh, the mantle on his life's gone ballistic but let me tell you something where, where do you think his moment of possession was none of us have any dispute about it it was on a factory floor because he decided where he was at that moment was going to excel and that is an attitude and if you possess that attitude now your possessed future is absolutely assured. But in order to do that, and here's where I'm going to close this session just for a moment, give you a break, but listen very, very, very carefully to this next moment. In order for you to live like that now, in order for you to have an empowered presence, you must have a fully resolved past. To have a possessed future, you must have an empowered present. That's the attitude we've been talking about. But to have an empowered present, you must have a resolved past. You have got to deal with past disappointments, past failures, past offenses, and even past successes, you've got to deal with yesterday. You've got to cut it off, take it across, leave it there. Your past has no right to infiltrate your present and cripple its potential of possessing tomorrow. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's just pause there and let me pray just for a second. Can we do that? And I just want you to take a few moments right now, right now, And if the Holy Spirit speaks to you about anything from your past or present that in any way intimidates you from believing for the ultimate tomorrow, then I want you to register that thing right now. Right now. And I want you to make a decision that within the next 24 hours, you'll get along with God and declare the supremacy of the Lord Jesus Christ over that and you will cut it off in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ you're going to cut it off you're going to deny it and you're going to declare the supremacy of the Lord Jesus Christ in that area and refuse to be intimidated by it again it's a liar it's an accuser But it cannot have power over you unless you allow it. You walk free of it now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father. In Jesus' name. Resolve. 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 Deep resolve. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Deep resolve. I just thought, just why you stay there in the presence of the Lord, just stay, moment, so because I just thought of a poem, and I want to read you, if in fact... we'll leave that leave that friends don't go through one more moment intimidated by an accuser you're not who he says you are you're not what life declares you may be you are who God Almighty has declared you to be amen let's take a break for a moment and then we'll go the second session where I want to speak to the leadership uh, on, uh, being a coach. Okay.